Welcome to episode 27 of the Travelling Wellness Show. On this episode, I'm on the Mornington Peninsula to expose the truth behind the supply chain of the superfood movement. Trav and Ben from the Vitality Trading Co. take us deep behind the scandalous layers which exist between the farmers and the packaged foods that you purchase in blind faith. We examine the true purpose behind fair trade and furthermore, we peel the layers on what makes a triple bottom line business within the health industry. This episode will leave you compelled to start asking the right questions and not simply to find the right products, but also to positively affect the lives of the strangers who stand between your morning meal and the grounds in which those ingredients were spawned. This episode is dedicated to all the companies out there doing the right thing and a reminder to those who aren't that we're watching. Enjoy the show, guys. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Good. We're good, man. All right, welcome everyone to today's episode of the Travelling Wellness Show. I am Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSC Supplements. Um, thrilled to have you guys with us. Thrilled to be back down here on the Mornington Peninsula uh, with uh, two good buddies, Ben and Trav, from the Vitality Wellness Co. Uh, interesting little story, guys, um, and the reason for my trip down here, as a matter of fact, I'll just digress for a moment. There's two reasons for my trip down here. First reason is uh, the best bakery pretty much in the world is down here, called, called Johnny, Johnny Ripe, yep, down, yep. At, down at Red Hill. Um, <laughs> my wife and I, unfortunately, found Johnny Ripe on our trip down here last year, and uh, We've just spent three months in Tasmania, and she's absolutely made me promise that I'd uh, bring her back. So I had to find a podcast to do in the area. <laughs> Hence why I'm talking to these lads. But um, the best donuts going around, mate. Mate, how's the donuts? The and just donuts quietly, you've got one of the best pizza shops down in Dramana as well, just uh, just between us. Uh, the name escapes me, but I'll get it for you boys later on. Yeah, cool. But uh, guys, we're down here for a uh, one of our special episodes, uh, looking at the man behind the brand. And today, we're of course looking at the men behind the brand, rather than the one single individual. Uh, we've got uh, Ben and Trav here. Uh, first of all, boys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for having. Thanks us. for being with us. I Thanks really appreciate much, it. You're pumped. And we've got a really good show planned, guys. Um, these guys are straight shooters, uh, the sort of people I like talking to. They've both been in the game for a very long time. Uh, Trav had a 15-odd year career as an acupuncturist. Uh, he was, in fact, Ben's acupuncturist, which is how these boys uh, came to form a relationship. And uh, Ben, um, similarly to myself, was in health food retail. He had a health food store down here in the Melbourne area with his wife. And uh, these guys have formed a business um, based upon the way I love seeing business form. So generally, guys, businesses are formed because people either, A, uh, need to make money and get themselves into a better position financially, work for themselves, work from home, whatever it might be, or B, they're formed because people see a massive problem with uh, what's the uh, what the current marketplace offers or what exists in the marketplace and seek to come in and solve this problem. And today's, um, today's boys are exactly those fellas. So... The uh, Vitality Trading Co, uh, guys, they do a whole bunch of uh, amazing products, uh, really good health-based products. Um, I'll give links to their website uh, in the show notes, and you can go there and have a good gander for yourself. But these guys are really most notably known for their RCE products. Um, RCE, of course, had a massive explosion in the marketplace, along with the mango steens and these types of products in the day. But it's been the one that has uh, certainly tested uh, time and is still here and going strong. Uh, these boys are the ones that are... Uh, mostly responsible for the reason why you can go to a cafe now and get an RCE bowl, uh, get an RCE smoothie and actually have some kind of uh, health benefit from a cafe meal rather than the standards which are generally on offer. So what I might do, boys, let's go back pre-Vitality uh, Trading because you, know, you boys obviously had a life before then. Uh, I might start with you, Trav. Uh, you're sure. working uh, clinically as an acupuncturist, um, specialising in Chinese medicine, obviously putting bodies back into balance, That's right, uh, yeah. maintaining a sort of homeostasis for people. Um, where did this all come to be, mate, and, and why do you sit in this chair as we speak? Um, yeah, look, spent nearly 15 years as a, a practicing uh, Chinese medicine doctor, I suppose. I specialised in acupuncture, um, dabbled in the herbal medicine side as well, but um, I was really drawn to the um, 
the, the artistic or expressive side of acupuncture rather than just writing prescriptions and, and giving people a bag full of bark and leaves and sending them away. I really like the idea of working directly with the person with their health, um, altering the uh, physiology of their body, um, mm-hmm. what needed to be done to, to correct imbalances and get people better. So I really love that. I was really passionate about it. Came about out of uh, my martial arts training. I've been training in martial arts consistently all my adult life. Wow. So 20, nearly 25 years now. Um, and yeah, just something about um, the Chinese medicine that was a, sort of an expression beyond the, the hurting side of things. It's a bit of a, a traditional Asian thing to study martial arts and learn how to break bodies and then the extension of that is then the flip side <laughs> learning how to heal bodies so um yeah w- without without planning that or thinking about that that's just the the path that i sort of followed yes that was a need not a want you're saying pretty much pretty much <laughs> heal your sore parts <laughs> yeah, that's after right back. that's right so did that for for the, all those years um ended up uh, specializing um a lot although you're not allowed to say specializing these days with with rules and regulations and but uh concentrating a lot on um actually pediatric acupuncture techniques so working with with infants and kids um and there's some very specific uh japanese traditions that don't require um us to puncture the skin with Mm. with with the implements with the tools it's all about um being very gentle and and manipulating the systems and, and and pushing them towards health and i love that um as you mentioned ben was uh started off being a uh um, a patient of mine, uh, and we got to know each other and realised we had um, some really aligned ideals and interests and what have you. We started surfing together, and um, yeah, the, our, our interest in uh, the sort of burgeoning superfood industry, as it was called, um, sort of grew together. Uh, my interest in, in food as medicine, I suppose, came about because... Um, being exposed to people's illnesses and issues, health issues, uh, no matter what treatments were applied, whether it be a Chinese medicine treatment or they'd go to a naturopath or they'd take pharmaceuticals or whatever the case may be, um, a lot of the time the outcomes weren't achieved because of the lifestyles that they led. Mm. And that's, that's a pretty obvious statement to make, but it was, it was really ap- apparent in clinic. And so uh, as more functional foods, superfoods, came about with with greater benefits than a than a standard diet would provide yep. i started getting quite interested in sort of prescribing those foods for people where appropriate to try and just lift the general vitality of their of their being um and always found that when people tuned that aspect up they tended to respond better to treatment as well wow okay yeah. So for you then, the, uh, the the process of moving into this brand, of course, happened by default of the fact that people were better when having nutrient dense foods. Absolutely, and 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 personally too, I, I, you know, along with Ben, we started experimenting and super dosing these things ourselves, and and really being able to feel the benefits, and yeah. they were they were definitely tangible. It was quite um, quite amazing in some cases when we we'd try something like. Maca, for, for instance, was one of the ones that were you try that in a in a, a decent therapeutic dose, and you can really feel mm. the benefits and and what it's doing for you. So, um, yeah, that sort of that was my uh, pathway cool. into where we are now. Well, let Benny take over now. So, Ben, you come in as the patient. You're all fucked up, no doubt, coming in for some, <laughs> looking for some acupuncture. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's interesting listening to Trav because he actually told me when we started that he got into acupuncture just to get chicks. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> Please tell me that's true, Trav. Fucking whatever, man. He's a good-looking rooster, too. Yeah, I can see him doing all right with a girl. Yep. Comb back the feathers and put some pins in, mate. <laughs> Um, Yeah, look, my my path is a little different. Um, I actually studied theatre and philosophy at university. Joking. Um, Yeah, no shit. So you'll handle yourself all right on the mic today, then, no doubt? Yes, mate, should be fine. No problems there. Just wait for the interpretive dance. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. If only it was a video. I should have this on video. (laughs) YouTube viral sensation. Yeah, it could be good for your podcast. It could be. no, I, I, I mean, I was studying theatre and philosophy and then at the same time got really heavily into yoga yep. um, and went to India, um, I don't know, this isn't 23 years ago or something, mm-hmm. um, and studied yoga and brought that back into my life and that sort of introduced me to the notion, I guess, of food as medicine, which is really a, an Ayurvedic concept as much mm-hmm. as it's a Chinese medicine concept. Um, 
And then I kind of, my wife and I bought a health food store, which we've spoken about. And that was kind of really interesting because I was getting to kind of understand more about the industry and more about the different types of herbs and, and tonic herbs particularly. Mm. Um, and from there, I, I kind of started to, I guess, bring my philosophy in with the food as medicine, which is what really led to Vitality Trading Co. for me, which was kind of a clash between um, philosophy basically pointing me in a life direction where I wanted to do no harm or, or minimise the amount of harm mm-hmm. and then seeing food as being an essential or, or a potential avenue, I guess, to be able to do that. Um, so Vitality Trading Co. started with Big Tree Farms in, in Indonesia who we found on a, you know, as a as sort of surf trip slash investigative adventure and found Big Tree Farms who kind of were all of that. You know, they, they're doing no harm. Um, big tree farms work with 20,000 plus farmers in the Indonesian archipelago and um, they work with farmers who are literally opening their back door and it's a food forest out, you know, in the back door where there's, there's durians and avocado trees and cacao trees and yeah. coconut palm. Uh, they'll climb the coconut palm tree, process a small amount of coconut sugar or, or, or cacao pods and big tree farms will, will come by and pick that up. Um, so, and you found these guys just on a, on a hunch. Man, I don't even really remember how we, we were looking for. Well, Google uh, probably. It, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it kind of it'll lead into a greater discussion as we go down the track. But we were looking for raw cacao. Yeah, for yourselves, just for use. Or? Well, we yes, that too. But we uh, the first the first thought for Vitality Trading Co was let's get a superfood range together. We 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 were we were into it. We knew it was it was growing and it was new, but we'd been into it for a while. And we thought, well, we let's let's just go and find those. Products that we love and yep. we think are, are, are valuable and worthwhile, um, and we'll start our own little brand and, and away we'll go. So, um, yeah, Bendis. So obviously, at the time, the raw food movement was was growing as well and quite important. And the idea with cacao um, is obviously that the the less processed it is, the the better it is for you. You mm. know, when you start heat treating it, roasting it. Um, high pressure pressing it, you know, you're cooking the cacao, you're cooking a lot of the nutrients out. It's the, the raw food argument, I suppose. And it's very, um, very real for cacao. So we were looking for some legitimately raw cacao. And uh, through the research we did and, and asking questions and what have you, we discovered that really only big tree farms out of Indonesia were um, legitimately producing raw cacao powder and butter. And why was that? Uh, why were they the only ones? Why were they producing it legitimately? Now, at the end of the day, people do things illegitimately to save costs, to yep. increase turnover and yield, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Was it just because these are a couple of no. Indo guys no. hanging out of trees? No. Or? They were doing it because it provides more financial incentive for the growers. So cacao is one of the industries where growers are, are screwed. Mm. Like, you know, you look at cacao, the cacao industry in places like Africa, it's fucking horrific. Mm. Um, in so, what way? Uh, it's a little bit like, well, basically farmers are, are, are screwed way down on pricing yep. and, it, and it becomes almost impossible to make a living. Mm. So um, it's fueling, it's, the, it's cacao or cocoa to fuel the confectionery industry yes. because that's where the majority of, of cacao yep. is sold. And so, it's becoming a monoculture too. Mm. So, in, you know, their incentive, the, the, the cocoa industry, because you need scale to be able to make money, mm. people will cut their forest down and plant fucking cacao trees, mm. whereas big tree are, are wild you know, committed to wild harvesting, mm-hmm. so that's one thing, so that it's environmentally more sound. But secondly, a grower, um, because we're selling it to the, the middle-class, hippie, kind of raw food movement, which is us, mm. um, we're prepared to pay for it, provided yeah. it truly is raw cacao. So the guys who started Big Tree Farms, Ben Ripple and Frederick Schilling, they basically saw that there was an opportunity to, to value-add to, to the cacao that was being being processed. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, these local people in Indonesia have, have this legitimate market where they can sell their cacao at a premium. Um, that's, what, that's what drove it. Okay. But then through that process, they, just, they kind of went, oh, well, let's go down to South America and buy a cacao press because we need a cacao press to press the cacao. Well, they, when they went down there, they found out that there isn't one. <laughs> a cold, a cold press. There's no, there, one didn't exist. Wow. So all the presses that, so you get a cacao bean, crush it up into nibs, and then it's squashed basically, and it squeezes the butter out, which is the fat component. Yep. That's the that's cacao butter. What's left is a, a cake or a, the powder essentially. Yep. So that's how cacao powder and butter are produced out of a cacao bean or pod. 
uh, nib, sorry. And are those nibs that you guys sell under your brand, is, is that them? Is that yeah, where it man. comes from? Yeah. Those nibs are mind-blowing. They're yeah. smoking, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> How good are they? They're just You can add them to anything, eat them on their own. Yep. Uh, I, I take some of them to the movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice. Because yeah. I, I love bitter. I, I'm, not, I'm not a chocolate eater. I've never liked chocolate. I'm, yep. I'm a real sort of more uh, savoury person. But those yep. nibs you guys sell are just epic. Yeah. So good. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they thought that they just, you know, because they're, um, there was this growing raw cacao health food thing going on in the States. So, so Ben and Freddie are both American, mm. based in America. Um, ben was living in Indonesia when he discovered this opportunity. So there's the connection there. But this raw cacao thing was growing in America and they thought, and they knew that the cacao was coming out of South America. So when they decided to set up, it was, okay, well, let's go to South America where this raw cacao is coming from and see if we can buy a, a cold press so that we can do the same thing for the Indonesian um, uh, farmers. And one didn't exist. They went down there and went to all the cacao or cocoa producing factories and they didn't know what they meant. What do you mean a, a, a cold press? Mm. doesn't exist. So all the commercial pressing that's done of cacao uses high heat and high pressure so that oftentimes when you put a thermometer, digital thermometer on the product that's being pressed to produce the powder and butter, it can be over 100 degrees Celsius. Which negates the entire idea of having it to begin with, exactly. right? Exactly. It's cocoa. Mm. You might yeah. as well eat Cadbury's. Don't, yeah. don't worry about eating Brand X who's claiming that their chocolate's raw. It's bullshit. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, um, probably Western people, companies have gone down to the cacao producers in South America and said, we need to get raw cacao. Yeah, yeah, sure. No worries. We'll, we'll sell you raw cacao. Here you go. Yeah. You know, and there's no... No due diligence. No, there's none. There, there, there was none. So they had, to, they had to produce their own... They actually had to physically make their own cold pressing machine hmm. yeah so i was going to say that that sort of satiated our need you know a big big part of the dna of vitality is integrity like we want to get to the bottom of shit and we want to make sure that what we're buying that that nowhere down the supply chain is anyone being harmed this whole do no harm fucking hmm. philosophy so when we met big tree it kind of satisfied that um you know it was the best quality there was do no harm but maybe the thing that kind of really clinched the deal for us um, and, and committed us to the brand, I'm not going to do this story justice, but I'll have a crack. Um, I'll send you the link to the... So Ben Ripple, who's really the founder of, of Big Tree Farms, he tells this amazing story and it, there's a, it's online somewhere. I'll send you the link. But basically, he was with his missus in a pub in Canada, drunk, and he won a, a fucking round-the-world ticket. Um, like amazing wow let's do this and ben had a huge fascination with permaculture um so they thought well let's quit our jobs jump on a plane similar to you man let's mm. cruise around the world and let's try and find the finest examples we can of permaculture and systems of permaculture so this led them after a year or so to the highlands of bali where they found the way that the balinese farm is basically a, a perfect system um, you know, using a food forest philosophy and it's effectively permaculture in its purest form. Mm. So they were stoked. They were stunned. They were like, this is the place. We've got, to, we've got to make something happen here. At the time that they were sort of thinking that, they were staying, they were homestaying. Um, one morning, knock on the door, the son came into their room and said, um, my father uh, has decided that he wants to gift you uh, that 100 acres out there and this farmhouse to start your business, to start Jeez. your farm. Got to love the Barlows, don't you? How's that, Seriously, man? shirt off your back, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and Ben and Blair, Ben's wife, were like, what the fuck? Yeah. We, and they said to each other, we haven't actually met the dad. We don't even know who the fucking dad is. <laughs> so they went out to the breakfast room and said to the son, dude, we don't even know your old man. Did like, they even know how to farm at this point, though? Or were they just people who were interested? Vague, vague ideas. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, and the son said, oh, no, 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 my dad died years ago. He came to me in my dream last night and told me to give you that You're land. You're joking. That's how Big Tree Farm started. Wow. So when we heard that, we're like, what do you need? <laughs> you know, like that's, that's extraordinary. And what's, in, what's interesting with that, and I suppose it, it, it'll inform a little bit about who Vitality Trading Co. are because um, we intended to develop our own brand and, and, you know, obviously develop a brand and be a brand. But after seeing what Big Tree were doing and the, the impact they were having on local communities because of giving back and value-adding to the product and allowing them to uh, maintain their environment and stay where they are because there's a, there, there was an economy created for them... Mm -hmm. um, they, Big Tree, fortunately, offered us to represent the brand here in Australia. 
So rather than us just buy raw ingredient from them, put it in our, under our own brand and do that, they said, well, we want you to represent what we do in its entirety in the Australian market. And we were very flattered and honoured to have been offered that and couldn't say no, obviously. And so from that point, we kind of took a, a – that was our first pivot, really, because we then said, well – we're not so much concerned on building our own brand as doing, uh, representing this supply chain. Exactly. I mean, you know, our little brand couldn't, I suppose, stand up against the, the massive amount of good that something like Big Tree Farms or the, the situation that they'd created was, um, was giving. So anyway, that was our first little pivot for the business that we then decided, all right, well, let's be the representation of, all that good work here in Australia and represent Big Tree Farms. So mm. some of your listeners who have been around health food a little while may may be aware of the Big Tree Farms brand for sure. Um, we've all, we've had our own brand going on in a, in a very low-key way the whole time, but we've come to really desire to represent those amazingly integrated supply chains that we've come across, and we'll move into a, another one shortly, I suppose, which is really taking our main focus um, these days. But... Yeah. It was also maybe the first, and you'll appreciate this, Shannon, owning health food stores, that it was the first time I think I really realised how full of shit the industry was. Yeah, there was you no know? two way. Absolutely. Fuck, man. It was like, we, you know, <coughs> seeing what Big Tree were doing and really understanding and appreciating their, you know, their, their true commitment to Indigenous agriculture and, you know, this whole philosophy that underpins the business. You know, there's so many other brands in the market I started to see who were claiming similar things, claiming similar relationships with suppliers and farmers. It's bullshit. You're just yeah. buying from a dude. Yeah, you know? that's right. You're not, yep. you're not investing back into communities. You're not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. So I think that was where it's like lifted the veil a bit for me. Because mm. I think even owning a health food store, you know, you get kind of reps and brands coming in and, and you'd believe a lot of this shit because you didn't really have a reason not to, mm. you know? And right. the, more, the yeah. more the food as medicine side particularly has grown, I mean, in, in nutraceuticals, it, that, that's, that's fueled on bullshit, that market. But um, the, the food as medicine side, it's a different kind of bullshit. It's this whole direct-to-farmer kind of idea that all these brands cotton on and claim. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Mm. Well, most of the time they're just buying from the you know, contract blender down the road. Exactly. Yeah. And depending on the uh, ethos of the contract manufacturer's brand – you know, they're the ones that are actually sourcing things. And generally, they're just sourcing it through another supply chain, aren't they? Exactly. Um, no one's actually going back to Big Tree Farms or anywhere like it to know what's happening in the community. Yep. And it is the veil of delusion. You did say put that right. Yeah. You know, it is, it is a veil. And, you know, as I was just saying to you boys before that at the end of the day, I, I blame consumerism, really. Um, yeah. Consumers have been, have been educated uh, by the marketers most of the time um, to believe in a concept or an ideology in the fact that, hey, this is raw, this is pure, this is good. And obviously that then will transcend into well, that's going to do great things for me. But a lot of the time, the reality of what is on that shelf doesn't actually pay true tribute back to where it came from, its origin. Yeah. So you guys are all about working with the origin, yeah, and supporting that indigenous supply chain right down the process to the fact where every single contact at that supply process has to have some kind of ethical standard, yeah, yep. due diligence process. Yep. Talk to me about acai because um, this is where my interest is. I'm really glad we just spoke about uh, Big Tree, by the way. I think that's a, a cool story, and uh, <laughs> I love the idea these guys are just growing what they can. They're not necessarily working to standards. You said beforehand that you know, old mate would drive down the, down the road on his moped and pick up one kilo of coconut sugar from, yeah. from his mate across the road because that's all he could actually manufacture that, that week or that, that month or whatever it was, and he'd yeah. then go to the next farm or the next farm. I yep. love that. And anyone that's been over to Indonesia and Bali particularly will know that like, that is legit. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally that's, legit. That's the yeah. way it works. Works, but on a much grander scale, RCs become a much bigger thing. Sure. And uh, a little birdie has told me along the way, and uh, it's it's a little birdie that has uh, much pull in the industry. That there is all sorts of varying disturbances when it comes to RCE, <laughs> um, or any any explosion of of consumerism that big, yep. where it where it you know takes over. Yep. And uh, to the point where companies and big ones people would know of have actually been buying like substandard, um, subpar RCE, um, not grown in the right um, you know sort of environments, yep. um, colouring it artificially yep. to look like it's more legit and selling it to our consumers. So um, you boys know this supply chain better than me. I only know the stories. T- tell us about RCE and, and where it's at in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 
So we work with a supplier based in Brazil and in um, America as well uh, called Sambazan. Um, they, I think, are probably... They're the, the gods, aren't they, in RCE? Well, man, I think that they're probably one of the finest examples in the world of a truly committed, high-integrity, triple-bottom-line company. You know, mm. by triple bottom line, it's a commitment to profit, sustainability, and people. Mm. That's the, the sort of underpins the triple bottom line. And they are, I mean, we know the founder um, and current CEO, Ryan Black, really well. We've gotten to know him really well. And, you know, he's, he's like, it's a, it's a bloody honour to be able to call him a mentor and a, and, a, and a friend. I mean, this guy's built umpteen schools and hospitals in Brazil over the last... 24 years, mm. I think it is, something like is it, that. And is this just to support the people in the growing regions? Yeah, mm. well, to give you, the, I'll give you the, the kind of quick backstory, Ryan and his bro went down to Rio uh, on a surf trip. <laughs> Surfing seems to be a consistent Maybe thing. Maybe it, it will connect people, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, with a buddy and, and, you know, basically made, I guess, the kind of discovery. They, they, they saw local people consuming SAE in Rio. And at this time, Ryan... This is just as a general everyday yeah, food, right? Not, yeah. not as a like, you know, not, clicky, cliche trend. You don't have to wear yoga pants to eat it. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking eat it. But can I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they're just, you know, uh, mesmerised by it as a food. And Ryan had been studying in Boulder, uh, business degree. And Boulder's like a kind of real hippie town. So he already had these kind of triple bottom line ideas so he looked at SAE and thought maybe that creates a case for a sustainable business, triple bottom line business. So he literally was the first dude to kind of take SAE from Brazil and import it into America. Mm-hmm. But what he found when he went down to Brazil was basically people living in the forest, indigenous people living in the forest, climbing these SAE palm trees, uh, picking the berries, putting them into baskets, and then a boat would come down the river, the Amazon, Get thrown in a boat, go down a bit further, get thrown in a bigger boat, and eventually work we're all middlemen, by the way. So, yeah, all so middlemen. They're yeah. just selling. They're so all the guys buying the, it as, yeah. the, as it gets along the supply chain. Yeah, yeah. Um, till eventually it hits a, a central market, and that's just a big market that doesn't just sell SAE, it sells you know fish, you know you name it. Um, just a big central market. <laughs> chooks. Yeah, chooks, donkeys, whatever's going. Yeah. Um, and then there it got sold to what were basically a whole bunch of small manufacturers where it's effectively a guy who's got a shed with a little SAE processing machine who's doing it in his backyard. Mm. Then it gets sold on to brokers. Just grinding it down into a powder, yeah? For... Uh, well, so SAE, I've got an SAE seed bracelet on there. Um, Is that right? Yeah, yeah look. That's SAE, man. So it's, it's um, I guess to describe it to your listeners, it's, it's about the size of a big blueberry. Mm. Um, it's mostly pip. So the actual acai fruit is just a, a thin layer of skin that goes around the outside that you can like pick that off. Is that the purple yeah. one? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of what it looks like. That you can kind of pick off with your fingernail. Um, so the process of, of actually, it basically gets turned into a fruit pulp. The seeds okay. get pitted out and it gets turned into a fruit pulp. Which is the, the whole fruit though, yeah? Yeah. The skin, everything yep. except the seed. Yep. 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 So all, that's why, you know, it is so bright purple because it's basically just skin. Like you think about where the antioxidants tend to lie in food. Mm. It's right under so that's the That's where all the polyphenols are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Um, and it's a peculiar, just while we touch on it, it's peculiar because it has no sugar. Zero sugar and it's a fruit. Wow. And it's also really high in essential fatty acids. It's got three, six and nine. Yeah. Freaky, isn't it? Freaky. For a vegetarian sauce. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this kind of, you know, alongside the hemp seed, I'd argue it's one of the the great sort of food as medicine, whole foods, you know, that you mm. could sort of your desert island food, you could live on the stuff. You mm. know? It's got fiber, it's got protein, it's a complete source of protein. You know, it's extraordinary. Um, so, yeah, where was I? Um, central market, dudes processing it. Then brokers would come by and, and turn the SOE into brands and then it would get sold out, mostly into Brazil at that stage. So Ryan went to the sort of central market and tried to buy some SAE and said, right, so where'd this come from? Is it organic? And the dude at the market's like, I, I don't know, man. I just bought it from a dude who bought it from a dude who bought it from a dude. You know, it just mm. goes up the chain. Um, so effectively, there is no chain of custody where it's going from one where you can trace it. So Ryan thought, well, that's, that's not a triple bottom line business. Mm. So he went directly to the farmers, hooked up 30 farmers together with the World Wildlife Fund and certified them, first ever certified organic and first and only certified fair trade SAE farms. So Sambazan are the only SAE company in the world that have actually certified their entire supply chain as fair trade. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what, though? For every Ryan there is, though, there's 10,000 other blokes that will come down there and just rape 
an, another third world country. Oh yeah, to, just to make profit. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty freaky. It is, yeah. man. It yeah. is. It's extraordinary. Yeah. So from that thirty, um, he's now supporting about thirty thousand people who are directly <laughs> employed in that Sambazan um, business. Wow. Um, so yeah, basically what he did was he he went direct to the growers, and then he he started with a factory that he was working with, but over time. You know, that wasn't really working. The, the, the quality standards weren't being maintained. So he built his own facility literally on the banks of the Amazon. Um, so the boats come straight straight from the forest, straight to the factory, and it's processed right there on the, on the banks of the and Amazon. And I imagine this would have gone down well with the locals, right? You know, it's like they would have been pretty happy that you've got people coming in here actually creating community, looking after people rather than just screwing the whole thing, if, rape and pillage and leave. If, if it wasn't for, for Ryan and, and Sambazan, um, large parts of that, area of the Amazon would have been cut down and lost for soy yeah. or cattle. And at, and at the very least, there was a massive kind of exodus of particularly, you know, males out of families mm. living in the Amazon because they had to go to the c- to cities to, to work. Yeah. So you're keeping families together, you're supporting the environment, you're building local community, uh, um, uh, the local economy of the communities. Um, yeah, win, 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 And win. you're bringing an organically certified shit hot product trade, yeah. to, to the rest of the world that's right to the yoga pants that's right <laughs> gotta keep the yoga pants fueled absolutely um, so um still the wild west out there too that's I'm the other I interesting thing yeah you know um that that amazon region of brazil um still the wild west and i mean ryan quite a few years ago and it was part of the stimulation to actually um secure his own supply chain and factory and what have you is I think he got a container of acai in the early days arrive in America full of paint contaminated with paint chips don't ask me how obviously went back to the broker that he was buying from and said sprayed coloured yeah yeah I don't know don't know but went back to him and said this is this is no good we've got to reject it and they went meh we're not giving you money back. Oh, no. <laughs> he learnt the hard way to do it himself. All sorts yeah. of stuff like that. So they've just broken ground on their second um, facility. So September, October this year, they're going to now have two full production facilities on the Amazon. Um, and they're the only brand, if you like, that will have that for sure. Yeah. And, and so they put 5%. Of everything, like the the fruit that they sell, they put five percent of that profit back straight back into communities. So, we just ran in Australia Hence the schools, the hospitals, yeah, yeah, yeah. the yep. buildings. Yeah, yep. we just successfully ran our first kind of major campaign with Amazon. So over this summer, we set the mission to sell one million bowls, one million acai bowls. Wow! Which we did. We did one point three. Did million. you really? And Good job. Just in Oz, yeah. Just in Oz, man. Um, and um, as a consequence of doing that, we're going to build a school. Well, Samazan's going to build a school in Brazil. That is epic. It's pretty cool, huh? And so, guys, I just uh, I just smashed one of these bowls out <laughs> <laughs> in the waiting room. That's a violent process making that thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> hardcore, man. Everything's why... frozen. You got your you'll be out tearing yeah, yeah. into that pulp. Yeah. What a, what an outcome though. Yeah. So what was in that? Obviously the RCE, the, the frozen banana. Frozen banana, uh, acai, and a little bit of coconut milk. That's yep. all I shoved in there, man. And what'd you put on the top? Was that the, uh, uh, the nibs or some cacao nibs, some some hemp seeds, wow. which we can do now legally in Australia? Know. Yeah, <laughs> finally. Uh, Might get coconut CBD chips, oil one day too. Chips. Yeah, let's yeah. hope so. <laughs> Just got back from Expo West in the states, which is the biggest. Um, natural and organic food expo. Anaheim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go there every year, but um, yeah, CBD's really taken off over oh, there. Massive. It's amazing. I'll come with you boys next year. I'll go there yeah, most years myself. Yeah, great. Man, be great. awesome. Do we'll some. We have a great throw time. A big, throw a big reggae party. Do they? Couple yeah. of, you know, like a thousand people. So I can pull of. my yoga pants on and... <laughs> come and strut, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. Just your yoga pants. Yeah. We'll uh, smear you in SIE. Yeah. I like it. So tell me, boys, I, I guess this is what interests me the most. You know, living in an in a environment over here in Australia where most people are looking to uh, distance themselves from their manufacturing partners because that's bad business, mm-hmm. you know, yep. Yep. Uh, because, you know, other people jump on and want to cut your grass. What is it for you fellows that made you actually come out now and say, hey, we're aligned with Samazan, we're aligned with, you know, the guys over there in Indo? Why was that important for you in your own brand to share that rather than just say, hey, we've got the best stuff like everyone else and not let people be aware of this supply chain concern? Oh, I think because we'd feel like we're full of shit. Mm. So it's just a transparency thing. <laughs> I think so, man. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's kind of a 
I think it's a mutually shared quality with Trav and I that we just can't handle bullshit. Mm. As a consequence... <laughs> no wonder we're all aligned today. I'm a bit like that. Yeah. We're probably not the best marketers as yeah. a consequence, but you know what we've bought with Sambazan to the Australian market, I mean, just to finish on that supply chain, which kind of ties into this, um, most of the other acai... So effectively, there's Sambazan doing their direct-to-the-farmer fair trade organic thing. Yeah. No one else does that. So everyone else buys their fruit from the market. Mm-hmm. Um, yet just about every brand claims the Sambazan model. So uh. they, they claim that they're – they won't say fair trade. They'll say things like um, – Fairly traded? Yeah. They just they – just, they just <laughs> they <opened> the th- <laughs> they've got a thesaurus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. you know, marketing spin just off its nut. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've had to compete with coming into the market and just dropping truth, 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 truth to all to the current SAE consumers. Yeah. Just, just, just call them bullshit. Yeah, just, well, this is what we do. We know they don't do that. So maybe you need to ask them what they do. Mm. And then all these other companies go, oh, no, well, we, we do that too. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of this. Yeah, you know they don't buy from Samazon. No, no yep. that's right. And if you're not buying from Samazon, then we know how you are buying it. And, mm. it's, and it's not... What you're, you're not claiming of, on your website and social media posts. Yeah. 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 You're not isn't part that of the sad though? Like we take our aggravation away as, you know, wholesalers, manufacturers, retailers, whatever in, in, in this industry. Yep. But isn't that sad yes. for the consumer? Yes. You know, because yes, at the end of the day, your missus, my missus, whoever, they're, they're the people that will get online. They'll be sold to by these companies. Um, they'll think they're making a great choice. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's yep. a real problem, isn't it? It's like, it's, like, it's like blood diamonds though, isn't it? Yep. You know what I mean? It's not Man. really that much different when you yep. think about it. Yep. You've got people that are being supported down the line or you've got, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it as it is, third world countries being exploited. Yeah. Uh, which is very, 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 very sad. Yep. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm, I can't be happier to uh, be sitting with two fellas that, that that means something to, you know, because we live in a world right now where I, I think the meaning is still there for everyone, but mm. I think people just get so caught up in the sales pitch, yep. so caught up in the story of what it's all about, you know, and to be fairly traded, that's, that's <laughs> fucked. <Yeah>. Seriously. <laughs> uh, that, that should be illegal. Well, yeah, and, and that's right. We agree with you totally. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like being almost organic. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're almost organic. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it the, doesn't fit. You're the Aria not fuckers. Mm. You know? It's fascinating <laughs> though, because when we, when we learnt about these supply chains and got on board and we just thought, oh, you know, we just go and tell the truth. We've yeah. never had to sell. We're just out there telling the truth. And we thought, you know, it'll, it'll expose things and people will be, you know, amazed and grateful. And some were, but it's been almost alarming at how hard it's been for... To sell the truth. Yeah, for mm. people to actually accept it. People then think you're just doing a sales yeah, thing and you're full of shit, yep. you know. Um, so it, it really illustrates the power that marketing has over the consumer, you mm. know. Mm. Um, and, you know, not every, you can't expect everyone to do their own due diligence and in, in investigation. You kind of, if you like a brand and you like their product and you use them, you tend to just by default believe everything they say. What was it we were talking about earlier that, um, is it Big Tree Palm? Is that who, Big Tree? Big, Big Tree, Tree Farms. Farms. Big Tree Farms. Yep. Um, what was the product you told me they're not producing anymore? Well, unfortunately, it goes back to the, this whole cacao uh, where, we, where we started. So the raw cacao thing went big for a few years. Um, some of the big uh, health food players got involved. It ended up in Coles and Woolworths. Um, it, the, the product itself was further commoditized. Mm. Um, and unfortunately for Big Tree, and this happened pretty much everywhere around the world, really, um, because they were selling it at a premium because it deserved to be and it needed to be, mm. um, it just became harder and harder. It got, um, it got outpriced it by did. illegitimate products. Yeah, Correct. By, by it, it became, well, to, to so it, unfortunately you can't go there anymore, but Big Tree Farms had this extraordinary, they built this extraordinary three-storey bamboo raw chocolate factory not, not far out, of, kind of between Ubud and Chengdu. Mm-hmm. Um, this largest bamboo structure on earth. It's like this Wonka on acid cathedral <laughs> set up in, in Bali, right? Crazy. Um, and in there they housed the their... Wonka on mushrooms. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, true, mate. That's true. Um, that's where they housed their cacao press. Um, yeah. And we, you know, we had the pleasure of going there a bunch of times and, you know, you could see this thing working. It's, it's, it's fucking slow. Yeah. You know, it's because it's not using heat. It's very slowly pressing the... The cacao, so yeah. that it's yeah, 
So that's expensive. Time is money. Time is money, man. Even um, in Mali. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, you've got dudes in Peru who are just high heat processing the hell yeah. out of it. Yeah. Just <laughs> flat stick. So, and it's, you know, it's, it's two bucks a kilo. Yeah. You know, who wants to buy some? So consumers have been educated to pay less money. And, yes. and get worse quality. Yes. Because yeah. why would I buy your cacao at 20 bucks when this dude's 10 bucks and he says it's cacao as well? Yeah. It's like, well, and it's fairly traded. Yeah. And it's fairly traded. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mate, it's a shit fight, isn't it? It really is. It is, man. You know? So, yeah, unfortunately, because of that, Big Tree have actually um, moved out of cacao. Mm. You know, they were the pioneers. They were the, the, real, the only real deal in raw cacao. For a number of years, and it just it economically it, which it means couldn't sustain though, it. It means though that any time anything good gets popular, mm. the good guys lose often, often. Yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, often. Other than your, other than Ryan and the guys in there at Sambazan, because obviously they've developed a very large um, supply yep. chain, and obviously yep. large large means you yep. know better bang for your buck. Yep. But for the poor guys over there in Indo, yep. um, yeah, small means uh, unsustainable. Mm. Yep. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Such is the woe of the world, eh? It is. Yeah. But they're, they're big now and, and have put all their resources behind their um, coconut sweetener program. So um, coconut sugar, coconut nectar, um, coconut amino, amino acids. How yeah, good. Which How good are, are they? Oh, they're amazing. So, yeah, they're, they're really innovating in that space as well. Um, and so we're still on board with them with their coconut sugar and nectar particularly here. Mm. Um, and you know, same story as cacao, basically supporting local economies and, and local communities to be able to, and um, some bloke climbs a tree and gets a coconut. That's uh, how it all starts. That, well, yeah, the coconut sweetener comes from basically tapping the flower of the coconut palm, okay. uh, getting the, the sap out of that. Mm-hmm. And then through various processes, boiling it down and concentrating it, et cetera, it turns into the nectar. Yep. Um, and then further again, it turns into the sugar. So, mm. um, yeah, they're, they're probably the biggest and certainly the most innovative uh, producer of those products in the world. And that's what they do now. Yeah. What's, um, what's frustrating? Like, you know, don't mean to, you know, have the tone of your podcast as just a bummer because it's not, it's not that the whole industry's kind of screwed or anything. Um, it's it's just that there's brands that are part of the solution and brands that are kind of part of the problem. Yeah. And I think that that's where, you know, maybe there's some sort of layer of regulation that needs to be be put over the top of that. Um, and really, fair trade's probably one of them hmm. that 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 Samazan have got because that means that a so fair trade kind of means a third party auditor, if you like, hmm. can bust in on a on a Samazan farmer. And go right, dude. Show us your invoices. I want to see how much you you, you got for your SAE. And if Sambazan are uh, underpaying them, well, Sambazan gets stripped of their fair trade certification. So there's this, you know, third party that can really come down on them hard. Well, it's sort of in the same vein as coffee when you talk about it that way, isn't it? You yep. know, coffee's become very much fair trade. There are organic sources. Similar kind of scenario where indigenous people are being, you know, robbed essentially yep. for the quality of what they're doing. Um, and that is well regulated because it's what you know, a two billion dollar industry Absolutely. or something. You know, yeah. whereas in in uh, in retrospect, you guys are talking about a relatively small piece of the pie. Yep. And it does make me wonder that even if regulatory um, processes were put in place, um, would the big people be able to buy their way through that anyway? Yeah. You know? Well, yes, probably. I remember back in the day, um, you know, just in the the sports supplement group, it was the same issues with protein powders and companies. And so the sports supplement industry group came to be. And then all of a sudden, the people that everyone had the issues with were just members of the sports <laughs> supplement industry group. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Yep. Don't shit you. It's just the way it is. Yep. Yep. Same people that are producing products these days too, yep. under their brand and other people's as well, do you know, yeah. uh, known to be doing things poorly. Yep, which is very disappointing reality. Yep. So where to for the Vitality Trading Co. from here, boys? What's the uh, what's the what's the vision? What's the future? Uh, new products in the works, different things. We're going to just keep punching this RCE thing in the uh, in the teeth until you get five million bowls. Well, I think we're still pretty committed to the to the underlying philosophy, yeah. which which no maybe yeah, and that maybe uh, affects um, what comes our way. You know, like we sort of, you know, got our set little vibrational point rolling mm. and we, you know, will attract things in that, that, that fall within that. And yeah, if you, they, rep- you repel things at exactly the exa- same rate. Exactly, man. Mm. You Which know, is good. Pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, um, you know, this underlying philosophy, food as medicine philosophy, you know, is, is kind of that, that 
you, you know, you need to be eating in a particular way to give your, your consciousness the best chance of being clear mm. and expanding. So there's, there's that side of the coin that we're committed to. And then on the supply side, um, you know, if the acai industry dies, then uh, lots more people will get cheap hamburgers because there'll be a whole lot of cattle put into where all those acai, <laughs> that acai forest is, you know. Mm. So it's, it's kind of like, well, well, we've got to be part of that. And, yeah. and you know, if that means um, hashtag and the Christ out of it and yoga pants left, right and centre, well, that's good because it's trending, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and we, that's what has to happen. That's kind of the, the, I think, part of where we're trying to grow more into is, is really appreciating that that's a, a really fundamental part of, of this process. Education. It's, yeah. Consciousness has definitely turned, though. Just look at the vegan uprising. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Ten years ago, you talked veganism, and they were you know, stra- even stranger than those people in, in the yoga pants, you know? Yeah. Um, these days, it becomes almost a, the cool thing, yep. you know? Uh, up on the Gold Coast the, the, that I know of, there's multiple just vegan restaurants opening yep. up now, killing it, by the way. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful food. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Done well. Yeah, um, Educating people to something that they hadn't been exposed to previously. Yep. Um, people feel good about the fact they're making a better choice. Uh, everyone understands what's happening in the world of animals and animal slaughter, and it is what it is. Yep. But... Um, you know, you can only hope that that consciousness continues to drive. Why don't you boys give us a, a, a little bit of a rundown? Because we haven't covered this. We've gone through the conspiracy of the industry. <laughs> but uh, how about you give us a little bit of a rundown as to the benefits of RC? Yeah, well, look, I guess like I said earlier, um, when you look at it, break it down as a food, um, you know, zero sugar is really curious. Mm. Um, that is very curious for fruit. Know. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I knew about the uh, fatty acids, yep. um, but I did not know it was sugar-free. The consequence of that is that unsweetened acai has a quite a... Yeah, bitter. Yeah, and it's, a, it's kind of an earthy... It's, it's not a, an overly enjoyable flavour. So acai is presented as a sweetened version and an unsweetened version yep. um, because we give people choice, and, and every acai brand or producer tends to do that. Um, but... You know, 90% of the acai sold is sweetened. So it's either sweetened uh, with, you know, hopefully organic sugars, um, apple juice, you know, different fruits that are put in the bowl. So generally you need some aspect of sweetness to go with the acai and it actually brings the acai flavour out even more. A bit like cocoa when you add sugar to cocoa, you know, all of a sudden it's kind of chocolate and it's, you know, there's this whole kind of explosion of flavour. But when you just have a teaspoon of cocoa powder, it's like, yeah, I can can live without that. (laughs) But yeah, full of antioxidants, you know, amino... Ah, uh, sorry, omega fatty acids. Um, yeah, complete protein complete source, protein fiber. Source. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's um, it's actually really high in anthocyanins. Mm. Um, you know, like four hundred milligrams, I think, is the kind of baseline mm. that Sarbazan work on. Yeah. So it's you know, it's a seriously legitimate. So that stuff's all standardised through Sarbazan. They regulate their production. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they they have um, they definitely have targets to meet each batch that's produced. Yeah. Yep. Um, and don't don't release anything that's under par basically um and it's it feels so good to eat because of the fatty acids in it mm. you know it's really satiating like you have a bowl and you feel really nice and full and it, it just feels good mm. and i'm yet to introduce acai to anyone and them go yeah i don't really it's all right yeah yep. <laughs> everyone that we introduce it to you know everyone's like wow this is amazing you know everyone likes the idea of doing good by themselves you know but to be able to actually introduce something and then feel the benefit as well yeah that, that's a pretty significant that's um, what makes it so cool like it, it actually doesn't matter if someone rocks into one of our partner cafes like acai brothers or you know one of those amazing kind of people who turn out in, incredible bowls it doesn't fucking matter hmm. if they don't have a clue about fair trade organic or it doesn't matter because just by eating that bowl, they're making a really good choice. Yeah. Um, that's what's so cool about it. How do the listeners know if they're getting Sambazan quality product at their local cafe? Ask, but yeah, yeah hopefully there's an element of, of um, visibility of the Sambazan brand in cafe, Okay. you know, um, and we're working with our partners to also uh, highlight some of the, the good things that are being done back at the, uh, you know, at, at the source mm. you know, for the local communities, like the Million Bowls campaign that we've just gone through, um, to be able to sort of uh, illustrate and, and, and highlight what the purchase of acai, Sambazan acai in Australia 
the, the real legitimate good that that's doing back in the local community. We've decided that it's going to contribute to the building of a school. Mm. Um, we're, these types of projects are, are, are ongoing, so there's going to be more of that sort of thing too. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, that does. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's nice to eat good food, but doesn't it make you feel warm and fuzzy when you know that it actually goes back to supporting people like at, at the origin of mm. where it came from? You know, mm. that whole thing from consumer to farm has always been particularly important to me. And unfortunately, you know, in today's day and age, people have lost that consequence. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not enough people grow their own veggies. Yep. Uh, I think all people should grow their own Definitely. their own veggies, their own herbs at least, just to even connect back to earth. Absolutely. You know what I mean? To connect back to soil, to know that things need watering. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to, yeah. to understand what happens with, you know, pests and whatnot. So, you know, when you get your perfect apples, your royal galas, whatever, you know, there's something suspect going on when they're all perfect and shiny. And, <laughs> yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, totally. This, this is the world we're in. There's a real disconnect between, um, you know, who we are and where our food comes from. And of course, knowing, you know, right back to, you know, time of Hippocrates, even before Hippocrates into the 1500s, where it was just a, it was a known thing that you, you are what you eat. Yeah. It's a wanky mm. term these days that oh, yeah, marketers well, use to sell you, but it, it's, it's absolutely 100%. I think it's a super bang on. powerful mm. term. Yeah. Like I was actually thinking about that for some reason a couple of days ago, that, that when you actually stop and think about that, like you are what you eat, like... Fuck, hmm. you, you are. Let, <laughs> like it's, it's, that was the whole, you know, let food be thy medicine and medicine be, be thy, thy food. food. Yeah, That's been lost, unfortunately. And yeah. that was cultured, you know, in, in the early realm of, of our general practitioners. Yep. Yep. You know, that was, Hippocrates was part of that. He yep. was one of them. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, we've become lost in the process of pharmaceutical intervention and even, you know, natural supplement intervention. It's not just the farmer, big yep. farmer that you can always blame. Um, sure you can, I do, but yep. so it's not just them. Yep. But I just think there's a real disconnect between it. So it's been really awesome hearing the story, boys. Thanks for taking us back to these uh, indigenous cultures. Uh, I've been to Bali loads of times. Um, never to Brazil, though. Um, like to get over there. It's always there. time, man. I want to go and this dirty big bamboo hut now where all the mushies are and the, uh, <laughs> the, the press, <laughs> That'll be my next story. Next trip to Indo. Yeah, mate. But thanks, boys. You got any uh, parting words you want to say or where can people learn more about your products? Um, this is your big moment. Our big moment. Well, look, I guess our, our, our website's just vitalitytradingco.com. Um, you, you guys know, on socials at all? Yeah, I mean, some, probably the Sambazan's our most active, you yeah. know. Um, so Sambazan, I think it's Sambazan underscore AU. I How think. do you spell Sambazan for S-A-M-B-A-Z-O-N. listeners? S-A-M-B-A-Z-O-N. Yep. Um, yeah, look, jump on there and you can kind of keep up with what we're doing, the Million Bowls campaign, etc. But um, yep. yeah, look, I guess the parting words is really to um, ask as a consumer, you know, inquire more. Mm-hmm. Like, look beyond the, the marketing BS, because usually that's what it is. You know, um, so yeah, I mean, and that's a that's a that's potentially a really fun, enjoyable process to mm. kind of investigate. The reason why I think that's necessary and even more fun and more enjoyable as a process is that a lot of the time, those people behind the, you know, behind the till, they'd probably like to know as well. You know, yeah. you, you don't just go sticking RCE bowls in your in your cafe because you know you're a shitbag that wants to sell people bad food, do you? Yeah. So a lot of the time, uh, these people aren't aware of it, or they're being sold by the uh, traded fair people. And bringing, you know, product in, which is of, uh, you know, not the same vein. So at the end of the day, asking the question, you know, do you support Samazan? Is that what you've got here? Is that what you're using? Um, makes fantastic sense from the fact that if they're not, well, they'd probably like to know about it if there's something better there. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah absolutely. Anyway, boys, thanks again. Um, awesome down here on the uh, Mornington Peninsula. Enjoyed myself. Uh, enjoyed the conversation. And uh, for you guys listening, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, go and smash an RCE bowl from Samazan, and I'll see you next time on the Travelling Wellness Show. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caravan Conversations, proudly produced by PSE Supplements. To see more about the podcast, including notes from the episode, please visit caravanconversations.com.